I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast on surviving your 20s. How you doing, my love? What have you been up to? I'm good. I've had uh, Taylor here, finally. Which Yay! Is... Very, very exciting news. I'm so excited for you. I genuinely think, other than you two, I was the most excited person in the world about this. <laughs> no, we were very excited. It's kind of like... It's kind of the beginning of this whole journey, even though we're not leaving for a while. It was very exciting to finally be together. So we've been out eating so much. Oh my God, been to so many breweries. We went to, well, we tried to go to the Bristol Balloon Festival actually at the weekend, but that got rained off because the weather was so awful. Um, but we did end up going to Bath and we actually even popped over to Wales and we were camping for the whole weekend, which was really fun. So, uh, yeah, it's been nice to spend that time together, but it feels very, very real now. Uh, I finished my job in three weeks. Like, that's mad. No way, as if that's coming around so quickly. I have, that is mad. Yes, yeah, I have 15 working days left. Jeez, that's crazy. I know. I can't believe it. It's absolutely insane. So exciting, though. So, so exciting. Oh, so much to plan still, though. Oh, oh my God. Anyway. What about you? What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Uh, so I've just got back from Bristol because Alex and I, so now Alex has moved down to the middle of Devon. Um, we decided we would meet halfway kind of over the next couple of months and just see different cities. So we went to Bristol this weekend. I really love it. I really like Bristol. Um, I was, It wasn't really what I was expecting, but I just, I really enjoyed it. I just loved how chilled it was. It's the best selection of vegan and vegetarian food I've ever found anywhere. Um, yeah. I think, and I might be wrong, so don't quote me on this, I think it might be referred to as the vegan capital of the world. And I say that very tentatively because I'm not sure it is, but I feel like I heard that this weekend. Um, but we I mean, I haven't heard that, but I wouldn't be surprised. Bristol is kind of quite forward thinking and edgy. Yeah. Well, the UK is the best country in the world to be a vegan, apparently. So it would wow. make sense if the cat, yeah, and then Australia is second, which is very good for you. Right. Um, so yeah, I we just ate so much amazing food down there. We went to a place called Burger Joint, which had like something ridiculous, like nine different veggie and vegan options. That's um, amazing. Oh, I had the best burger. It was amazing. Um, I had corn twice yesterday. How happy are you? Corn or like corn? Corn on the cob. Corn on the cob. Oh, amazing. Nice. And I need to correct myself from a few weeks ago when I didn't link the Oaxaca corn in the show notes. It is still on the menu. They've moved it from sides to actual dishes. Um, yeah, oh, it was so good. I very much enjoyed it. But yeah, Bristol was lovely. And um, we went to a cheese shop yesterday. Oh, amazing. It was amazing. Alex found it online and he was like, I'm taking you somewhere as a surprise. And it's very rare, bless me, actually fully surprises me because. I, I mean, I don't know. I, just, I don't like being surprised. So I always have my ways of finding things out. Um, but he genuinely did surprise me this one. And we walked in and it was amazing. And the people who ran it were proper cheese enthusiasts. <laughs> of cheddar. And then, so the guy was like, what are your favourite cheeses? And I was like, I love a really, really mature cheddar, like mouthwateringly mature cheddar. And I love brie. So he helped me pick out the best cheddar. And you said brie as well. And... We were staying in a Premier Inn, and you don't have fridges in a Premier Inn, and we had planned to be out for the rest of the day, and this is at about 11am. Alex does not eat cheese and would not be interested in a cheese picnic. However, somehow, 
we bought a block of brie. And oh my the, god, the guy was just like, This is the best brie in the county, it's won loads of awards, and it's like the Bath, the Bath Cheese Company or something. Um, and you know, it, I was like, Okay, yeah, sure. And he kind of rang it through the till, and it was quite a bit more than I'd normally spend on cheese, but you know. And then as we left, Alex was like, I can't believe you just got a block of brie. So what do you mean? He's like, what are you going to do with it? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, it's, you know. So the guy that put it in, um, he'd wrapped it and put it in like insulated packaging. But obviously it was 23 degrees yesterday and I was carrying a block of brie in my goddamn handbag. Well, so what did you do with it? So we then were walking around and he was like, oh, it'll be fine out the fridge for a while because you can actually just leave brie out the fridge for it to mature. So we're walking around, I was like, Alex, it'll be absolutely fine. And then the worry started to creep in. Um, so we ended up walking around and all of a sudden the, the smell of brie started to emit gently from my handbag. <laughs> oh my God, what, did you throw it away? No, we didn't throw it away. I've still got the brie. I have carried the brie back home. What? <laughs> so oh my God. Right, we went out for lunch. We went to a hacker, and um, I was sitting there, and I put the brie in the cold corner of the restaurant, thinking it would help. And I picked up the bag, and like the smell just hits me in the face. So we're like, right, we're gonna. Ha-. I was like, there's no way I am binning this brie because at this point as well, Alex had treated me to quite an expensive piece of brie, and there was no way the stingy nature of me was going to let the brie be binned. I was. I gonna can't eat believe brie. neither of you thought of this before you bought it. No. No, well, this is the thing. Apparently, Alex was like, I did think it's weird you were buying a brie. I was like, why on earth did you not intervene and say, Charlotte, I think this is a really bad idea. I was like, you just seem to be really excited. And it was really sweet to watch you get so excited about cheese. I was like, yes, but I now have a block of brie to carry around. Oh, my God. It's actually okay. one of the stinkiest cheeses I've ever encountered in my entire life. We had to go and buy Tupperware, seal it in Tupperware, oh. and then take it back to the hotel and put it in a cupboard. <laughs> Oh, that's so ridiculous. Oh, my God. And then you still have it now. Why didn't you eat it last night once it was chilled again? So we cut, well, we went out for dinner last night because we met, like, we met for my cousin for the afternoon, just to have, like, a coffee. And then we ended up staying out until, like, 9pm at night. So thank God I didn't have the cheese. But we had, we, and I didn't want to eat a whole block of brie because this is a big block of brie. I can't eat this without a knife and a plate. I admit, I fucked up with the brie. Oh, my God, that's mad. Oh. I have brie. My dinner tonight is going to be brie, a glass of wine, and yeah, I'm I'm very excited about the whole affair. But okay, Bristol, good. <laughs> I'm very into Bristol. We will be back. Um, yeah. But other than that, I've not really been up to an awful amount. I'm getting quite excited for autumn. Dare I say it? So I will be not present for autumn, which I'm very happy about. My idea, of, the idea of missing autumn, breaks my heart. We're so different. Oh, <laughs> I'm thrilled. Can't wait. <laughs> as soon as it gets cold I'm not interested no I can't wait I've already bought my my number one dress for autumn has already been purchased I've earmarked the the, um, pages of the September issue of Vogue of all the things I love oh my god that's so funny (laughs) yeah I'm looking forward to it but shall we move on to our recommendations yes yeah what's your first recommendation my first recommendation is going to be what I'm watching this evening whilst I'm eating my cheese and drinking my wine. So my first recommendation is what I'm actually going to be watching this evening whilst I'm eating my cheese and drinking my wine. And it is The Misadventures of Ramesh Ranganathan. And I don't know if you've watched it or not, um, but it's just it's just absolutely hilarious. And he essentially just goes to um, different countries. I think there's four in the series. There's been three already. They're all available on iPlayer. Um, and he goes to different countries that you wouldn't necessarily 
normally visit. So he's been to Zimbabwe, he's been to Bosnia and Herzegovina, and he went to, where else did he go? Uh, Mongolia and this week he's going to Colombia so their countries aren't necessarily number one on people's like tourism lists and they're often places that have like quite um I don't want to say controversial that's not the word but like I feel like controversial is the right word I'm not sure or maybe it's the right word but like um their recent history maybe hasn't necessarily appealed to tourist boards let's put it that way um but he goes on and kind of sees what else the country has to offer and it's really insightful. I feel like I've learned a lot watching them, but they are also absolutely hilarious. And he makes me really laugh out loud. Um, it's really nice on a Sunday evening. It's just like something to pick you up before the week starts. And I found it as a really nice way to kind of absorb kind of travel documentary style type things, just in a little bit of a different way. And I've been really enjoying it. There is a series one, but it isn't on iPlayer, which is a bit annoying. And I haven't seen that. Um, I think I watched that first series and I haven't watched the new one but I absolutely love him he's so funny and loads of people have recommended this series to me so I definitely need to catch up on it oh yeah you would really enjoy it um he has a guide each week taking him around the country and particularly the guide in the Zimbabwe episode is absolutely hilarious like I absolutely loved her um and it was really especially in that one they had a really good discussion so um, with a guy who took them up to Cecil John Rhodes's grave. Mm. Um, and it was a really kind of nuanced discussion about how some people think he's kind of the best person ever and how other people understand me seems very problematic yeah. and how he should be seen as this kind of great person who did amazing things in Zimbabwe. So it was really interesting to understand a little bit more about that because I, I don't know a lot about that history okay, I know nothing at all that'd be so interesting yeah I feel like I learned quite a lot from it it's definitely made me want to learn a bit more and obviously particularly with the Bosnia episode learning about the the war there and it's so recent in our history like it has just about happened in our lifetimes um that was really eye-opening as well so I'm really looking forward to tonight's episode and I would highly recommend going and giving it just a watch even if you aren't necessarily thinking of going to those places or you're not particularly you don't think you're interested in the places he's going to um I think it's really eye-opening and just a very kind of accessible way to talk about quite big topics oh definitely I'm gonna give it a watch yeah so what else what have you been loving this week um so I read a really interesting article this week on refinery 29 about using power poses at work and it's one of those topics that's kind of been It first came up in a TED talk in 2012 um, by, it was by a Harvard academic called Amy Cuddy. And it's kind of a bit controversial about whether it does have any impact. But basically what her, her argument is that there's that idea, if we act as if we're confident, confident, we will eventually feel it, which I, I really, really have always believed is something that's so true. Like, yeah, if I pretend that I'm confident, then that's how I come across and other people as long as other people believe that it doesn't matter what I think so I've always felt like that and this article was basically saying there's these two power poses which are specifically for women because the issue with women is that they traditionally whether that's physically or not are like subconsciously take up less space whether that's like because they're smaller whether it's because they maybe don't have as higher position in an office as a man or even like they said right down to being on the tube and the guy next to you is man spreading and you can't fit in always it's anything like that and there's basically supposed to be these two stances that 
you're supposed to practice them for two minutes. So just stand in that position or hold that position for two full minutes. And it's suggesting that just doing that for two minutes increases the feelings of power, confidence, and also increases testosterone, which is the dominance hormone, and lowers your cortisol, which is the stress hormone. Because while, yeah, while you're standing there, and a lot of, they did case studies, basically, three different Refinery29 um like team members did it for a week and one of them was like oh, I didn't really notice a difference but the main thing it did make me realize is how stressed I am and it made me regulate my breathing for two minutes and for me that was a really important thing and then for another it was like again I'm not sure if it helped in terms of confidence but it did make me a lot more aware that I, I slump in meetings and I've got very like slumped over my desk kind of posture I don't hold my shoulders back. And then the third one, she said, I actually felt a massive difference. I get very nervous before meetings or talks or presentations and doing this for two minutes in the toilet or even in the kitchen, not where people see me, but even just doing it for two minutes before made me feel so much more confident going in. And after a week, I really felt quite different about going into these meetings. And I just thought it was so interesting because I've kind of heard of it before, but I'd never associated it with that kind of if you act confident then you'll feel confident but I definitely think it is true and sometimes I find myself doing it like if I'm if I'm standing with a group of men I will deliberately stand with my legs like on in a wider stance and maybe it's a subconscious thing but you want to take up more space so you feel more confident yeah it's really interesting I hadn't really thought of it in that perspective and I'd be really interested to listen to the TED talk and read the article actually because I think it's something we can all be guilty of. And a perfect, a perfect example of this is I got on the train this evening and I was sitting down and I, you know, I wasn't taking up a lot of room. I was taking up a normal amount of room. And then a guy sits next to me and all of a sudden I'm like pushing myself over and like, oh my God, I want to make sure that there's enough room. There were plenty of seats on the train. There was plenty of room for him. And instead, like I suddenly felt like I had to move over. And as I did, he just spread out more. Yeah. And I was like, I'm I'm literally accommodating this and I I need to not do that. Yeah, and it's like this weird arrogance thing that I don't know, obviously not all all men have, but if standing in a certain way or how, holding your posture in a certain way is going to kind of make you feel more confident, then I don't definitely don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. No, I don't think there is at all. But yeah, so it was a really interesting article. We'll link that one. It was interesting to read. Definitely. I'm going to give that a read later on. Um what's your second recommendation? My second one is a little bit of a general one, um, but it's something I've kind of started drinking maybe in the past couple of months, and it's non-alcoholic gin and tonic. I am a very big Ooh. gin fan. I think you know, we a lot of people are. You know, gin is a gin is a brilliant drink. However, um, if it's like middle of the week or maybe it's a Sunday night, I don't necessarily want the alcohol. And but I love the taste of gin and tonic, and I love just that really crisp, fresh, particularly in the summer. Yeah, it's that really refreshing taste to it. So around my birthday, I was looking for like non-alcoholic alternatives, and I was very kindly given quite a few bottles for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually drinking non-alcoholic G and T now, which is a pre-made one from Sainsbury's, which is brilliant. Becky got it for me for my birthday, oh, nice. and I just opened it, and it's like the perfect gin and tonic. Um, I think my favourite brand so far is Seedlip because they have quite a nice selection and their garden one, that's the one we were drinking the other weekend. I love um, that, it's so, so nice. That's my favourite. They've got a spiced one as well, which I've got, which I think will be absolutely amazing come like autumn, winter. I think I'm going to really enjoy that more then. Um, 
but it's not it's it's not expensive and it's just a nice alternative if you're drink if you you know if you're driving you don't want to drink or maybe you don't drink or you just kind of want to enjoy it every day but don't want to drink every day it's just a nice alternative to orange juice or elderflower presse or whatever you normally get given as a non-alcoholic option and I think it's sophisticated non-alcoholic option like I think if I was getting married I would have this as an option of the drinks um and actually I'm seeing seed lip as an option in so many more places now um and it is really nice it's not completely the same as a gin and tonic however it is pretty damn close yeah no I really enjoyed it I'm pleased that it's becoming like more mainstream yeah I really really enjoyed it and it's nice to sip it's basically really grown-up squash (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's really nice I've been really enjoying it and it's nice if you just if you want the taste but you don't want the booze what is your final recommendation mine is one um it's really great if you're looking for a gift idea for people who are very environmentally aware and conscious of kind of consumerism how much they're having an impact on the environment so it's a startup company called big wild thought And it was started in Sheffield in Yorkshire. And they basically decided that they wanted to design a clothing line, but they also loved animals and what could they do to merge the two. So they have created this clothing line. It's quite basic. There's um, jumpers and T-shirts. They're plain. You can get them in loads of different colours. But they just have a small animal motif on the left-hand side and that animal represents a pro- what where the money is going when you pay for that item. It's going, oh, I love that. It's going to an animal charity. Um, so they've got uh, they've got sloths, they've got tigers, they've got bees, they've got butterflies, they've got so many different ones. And it's just they're plain sweatshirts and t-shirts. I think they've got some accessories as well. And it's just really simple. I love the bee one especially. It's so small. It's like an inch or two across. Just really nice simple tea. Oh, lovely! Um, and you can get places as well. I'm just, yeah. I'm just having a look on the website. You get so many different colours. It's so yeah. sweet. And the best thing is, it all comes like it's 100% recyclable packaging and 100% plastic free as well. So I've actually love- got the. You can get a gift card for them as well. So I've just bought a gift card for my brother's birthday, so he can order kind of whatever he wants and whatever size. And um, it's just a really nice kind of easy thing that someone can someone knows that their money is going to the right place and they've got that structure in place of not having a huge impact on the environment as well that is such a thoughtful present and also so it's just so lovely like I'm looking at it now and I really want to get some bits from I love like the elephant and the fox and the badger ones as well they're so cute I love them all. That is such a nice idea and just something I think you're right I think as we will become more conscious of the environment and our impact on it and consumerism it's difficult to know what to get people for presents because you don't want to kind of get them something they don't want to they don't want or don't like and add to that problem and you also don't like as someone who receives gifts I'm always like oh I don't want to get something I don't specifically want because I don't want to add to a problem yeah yeah a really nice way of getting a lovely gift that's actually practical as well and it doesn't hurt the environment I love yeah that. I'm very excited for my brother to open it I hope he likes it so Yeah, that was a nice idea. So this week we thought it would be really interesting to talk about motivation because it's, again, one of those things that comes up a lot. It covers a lot of different topics, whether it's keeping motivated at work, 
whether it's your hobbies, if it's something that you're trying to build on yourself in your spare time, or even if it's your fitness, if you've got a goal that you're working towards. And I think there's so many different ways to get motivated. And there's loads of advice out there as well. But we wanted to talk about how we stay motivated and sustain that over a long period, especially if you're working towards a goal that's bigger or more long term, which obviously is happening for a lot of us now we're in our 20s. Yeah, definitely. I think when you come up with a new idea or you start thinking about how you want to achieve something, it can be really easy to find that motivation to begin with. And you can build up that momentum really quickly. But very quickly, you can also start to feel quite burnt out. And at some point you reach the kind of and you might reach that point where you just feel a bit kind of exhausted with it all. And suddenly the same motivation isn't there that you had right at the start, even if it's something you still really want. So we want to share some of the ways that we kind of sustain that motivation and make sure that at different points in the journey to get to the end goal, we're still staying motivated. Yeah, I think what you said there, the the big thing is if you're working on a more long term goal or project, it can be easy to lose that motivation because you haven't got you're not getting like the not instant gratification, because obviously, realistically, that's not going to happen. But if you're struggling to see the success happening straight away, it can be quite demotivating so I think yeah definitely. like setting smaller goals along the way is so important so you can see that you're actually making progress definitely I always find it quite helpful to kind of see okay say there's somewhere I want to be in the next two years I'm like okay well what do I want to achieve in the next kind of 12 to 18 months what do I want to achieve in the next six months and then how do I stagger the goals? There's still milestones there. I'm still achieving something. But if I just sit here and go, okay, I'm going to do this massive thing in the next two years, a month down the line, I might suddenly think, actually, I can't really be bothered today. Yeah, I mean, how it's, it works kind of at every level. Even if you decide you want to train to run a marathon next year, you're not going to be able to run a marathon overnight. You You put together a training regime and you work on it for the next year or two years. And it's the same for anything else. If you're working towards something big or that you know you want to achieve, you've got to put the steps and the plan in place to get to where you want. And if that means putting smaller goals in place, like, oh, I want to I want to run five miles without stopping, or I want to have earned this amount of money from my side business in this amount of time that's that's almost more beneficial because then you can see the markers along the way and kind of even adjust your end goal if you need to based on how you're progressing I think one sec oh go ahead yeah and I think on that thing about adjusting your end goal I think sometimes we come up with these great ideas and we can feel really fired up and excited about them and we start on the path to getting to that goal and our motivation starts to kind of wane a little bit. And no matter what we try, we just can't get that fire back in our bellies. And I think when that happens, sometimes we have to stay, take a step back and reevaluate that end goal and see whether it's right for us. Because I've definitely done it in the past where I thought, this is what I really, really, really want. I've run at it. And a little while down the line, I'm like, oh, actually, why is it that every single time I think about doing this, I've felt filled with that kind of dread and that kind of like, oh, almost like, you know, when you're at school and you know you've got to do your homework. Yeah. <laughs> almost that feeling of, oh, and actually reassessing that end goal and saying, hold on, is this completely what I want? And just tweaking it a little bit can sometimes be enough to just really reignite that motivation because suddenly you're working towards something you actually want. Yeah, because I this might sound harsher than I mean it to be, but at the end of the day, if you don't do it, then it'll never get done. So if you're not yeah. 
if you're consistently making excuses to not do it, then maybe that goal isn't right for you in the first place, which is fine. But maybe that means you need to have a look at it and readjust it because you're only going to get out of, you're only going to get out of it what you put in. So obviously you want to make what you're putting in worthwhile. I mean, that's why you're going to lose motivation if you're, if you're not wanting to put the work in because it's not something that's right for you or enjoyable anymore. Yeah, and I think there's so much pressure, particularly now, to be doing everything. Like, you should be really motivated to work out. You should have a side business. You should be killing it at work. You should be travelling loads. And actually, you might not be motivated to do those things because they aren't what you want to do, and that is completely fine. Like, what motivates me will not be the same as what motivates you and will not be the same that motivates anyone else because it's a whole kind of amalgamation of so many different things in your life. If your motivation isn't the same as everyone else's, that is okay. But don't give yourself a hard time over it. Almost you need to acknowledge it and say, okay, well, maybe, because for me, and I'm not ashamed to say it, money is a motivator, but money might not be a motivator for you. So that means that how we go about things will probably be quite different. And that is completely fine. But it just means we need to be aware of that. So both of us can have goals that help us to get to where we want to be. Yeah, and I think it goes, we've definitely said this before, I can't remember what episode it was, but you you just have to acknowledge that everyone is on a different, like, they're in their own lane, they're on their own life path, not everyone has the same goals, it doesn't mean you should be working towards the same thing as someone else, but bottom line is, I think the most important thing in getting motivated is figuring out what it is that you're working towards, and that is entirely personal to you. And I think it's completely fine if that changes, because my priorities five years ago and my goals five years ago are not the same as they are now and so my motivations are completely different and the way I stay motivated is quite different and I think touching on what you just said about if you don't if you don't do it it's never going to get done um something I heard a little while ago off of the Flintoff Savagent Ping Pong Guy podcast which I know I've spoken about before was it really really resonated with me and it was Freddie Flintoff talking about inspirational quotes and motivational speakers and he basically said if you need to be motivated every day to be on my team, I don't want you on my team. And that sounds so harsh when you first hear it, but actually it's played on my mind so much and I think it's really true because if you have to have some like an external factor motivating you every single time you go to do something, it probably isn't the right goal for you and that's absolutely fine. But yeah. just give, every, give yourself and everyone around you a break. Like yeah. realign it, work on what you want to work on. But if you feel you have to be externally motivated all the live long day, probably not the right place for you. And that is fine. No, I don't think it's harsh at all. Because I mean, I've said that and now this is going to sound harsh. But it frustrates me when I see people complaining that they're not achieving a certain goal, but they're also not putting the work in to get there. And I don't want to turn around and say to them, well, you're not doing the work because it's none of my business. I don't know what what they are and aren't doing they might be doing things in the evening that I have no idea about but I do think if you're sitting there and complaining about not being able to get somewhere maybe you need to reevaluate where where you're trying to get well I think that's true but I think on that there is then a difference between reevaluating and almost taking stock and looking for something else and just taking a break because I think we live in a society where you're constantly told to be switched on all the time like if you're not working, it is bad. And you should, especially if it's something you love, like, or your side hustle, which is a term that drives me up the wall, but that's a discussion. I hate, anyway. No, I hate um, it as well. It drives me nuts. I'm like, no, 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 no. But anyway, 
if it's that like you know if it's a business you're trying to start whatever it is you can love it and you can be so enthusiastic about it but you're a human being and sometimes you need a break and I think there's a difference between not being motivated and needing a rest and that can take some time to work out yeah I think in the same way that we were saying you should set smaller goals you should also reward yourself and often that reward is taking a break whether that is a holiday or whether it's a weekend off or whether it's just turning off your phone and your laptop and switching off for the afternoon whatever it is you need to reward reward yourself for the hard work that you've put in because you will burn out if you just keep going and going and going that's I'm going to go back to the marathon analogy but you can't just keep running and running and hoping that you improve you're going to be absolutely knackered your body needs recovery time and that's counts for your brain as well yeah and I think if you work on something creative sometimes it can feel like you shouldn't take the break because or maybe you can't take the break because your mind's was working on it but I think sometimes taking that time away from something can be the most beneficial thing you can do and it gives you that time to find that motivation again like I think over this summer I've not really written on my blog I've not created a lot of different things for it like I normally would but I reached a point where I thought I still really want to do this and I still love it but I'm tired that's why I'm not loving everything I'm creating like I'm sure anyone else who's ever done anything creative will really relate to that feeling of almost like feeling quite stale with all the ideas that you come up with and I could still sit down and write and feel really excited about it but it wasn't in the same way and I've given myself a break for a few months and actually I feel more motivated now than I have in ages and I was like oh so there is a benefit to taking a break and sometimes you just need to sometimes taking that break and just absorbing different types of inspiration and doing things a little bit differently can just free up that space in your mind to get you out of that routine and let that motivation creep back in and like power you forward yeah it's really interesting you said that actually because I've had this I don't know whatever's going wrong with Instagram at the moment I think I was shadow banned I don't know but it was so much effort and I just wasn't seeing anything out of it. And I was getting sick and sick of just being on Instagram and I, to the point where I was like, maybe I should just quit. Like maybe I just shouldn't bother. Maybe I should just pack it all in. I'm not enjoying this anymore. And then over the last kind of week or so when Taylor's been here and I've just decided not to worry about posting and not focus on it. Then I posted again for the first time on Friday and I was like, God, I actually have missed it, which yeah. sounds ridiculous. But if you can then go back to something and you're like, okay, I've missed doing this. I do feel like it's a good sign because you you still know that you're you're doing something you love, even though it drives you nuts sometimes. You need to take that time away from it because you are burnt out, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't still carry on. Yeah, and I think that's a really perfect example of how your motivation doesn't have to be a like a linear thing. You can love something and really enjoy it and still need to take time away from it to find that motivation again because yeah. it is not realistic to sustain this complete upwards trajectory. Traje- I can't say that word. This is another one of those words I can't say. Traje- trajectory. There we go. Oh gosh, that was a bit painful, wasn't it? I'm sorry about that. You can't always maintain that level of intensity of motivation when you're going for something because yeah. it's it's not normal. And I think you can be really skewed online of seeing other people just constantly being on it or giving the impression that they're always on it and always working and always so motivated because they love it and they didn't mind staying up till 2am to do all this stuff every night for years because they loved it. Also, you know, it's probably not true. Like, yeah, you know, I'm just feel like I'm always a bit skeptical because I think there's a lot of stuff I really, really love in my life, but I know if I don't sleep, I'm useless. And you know, you've got to find that balance. And I think if you don't feel that motivation every minute of every day, 
that is totally fine, you're human. If you can't find that motivation, you're making excuses and you never really feel motivated, then it's probably time to reevaluate. Yeah, I agree, definitely. Um, did we want to do like a, a couple of tips each of what we do personally to keep motivated? Yeah, I think that'd be really nice. I, I've always, I'd never really been able to figure out what it is that specifically motiv- motivated me. I just thought it was worry. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> what I realised this year is verbalising what my goals are really makes me accountable for them. So I think even with moving to Australia, as soon as I started saying it to people, I was like, well, now it's happening. I, this is my goal. I'm working towards it. And I think with anything at work, if I have a goal to achieve by the end of the week, if I say it out loud to someone, then it makes me a lot more motivated because I've set myself that goal and I've told someone else that that's my goal as well. That is so interesting because I think I come at it from the opposite angle. So for me, when I come up with a new goal, I get quite, I'm someone who worries a lot about what other people think of me. Um, we can all be guilty of that. So I'm always a little bit worried that if I share a goal, I'll get a negative reaction. Like if I said, I want to run a marathon, for example, a lot of people would be like, you run a marathon? Or I might not get a very like encouraging response, which would then make me doubt whether I should be doing it. So something I've started doing instead is like, picking my goal, writing it down, like having a record of it so I'm accountable to myself, but then not sharing it and just really working hard on it until I've kind of achieved it to a point where I'm happy. And then I share it to like get through that, like to maintain it. So a really good example was doing the couch to 5k. So when I first had the idea, I didn't tell a single soul and I didn't tell anyone I was doing my first run or anything. So I thought, oh, if I share it, then I'll just feel intimidated by other people and you know, I, I'm I'm not sure I'll actually do it. Whereas I did it, I wrote it down. I was like, right, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it in my own time, but I'm going to do it. And as soon as I'd done it, and then I shared with people I'd done it, other people's reaction was like, oh, that's really cool. And I'm like, it is really cool. I am capable of this. Of course I am. So maybe it's partly that of like working out how you need to be kept accountable. Because for me, if I tell someone else, I just worry that I'm going to be told off if I don't do it. <laughs> See that's so in, yeah that is so interesting because I'm yeah the exact opposite way around that I tell them because then I think if I don't do it then someone else knows about it and that's my like that's my motivation to do it because I've told someone else that I will do now that's so interesting so interesting well look whatever way you find motivating that we are case we are textbook examples of either so yeah, it, yeah it's definitely about finding what works for you because in in the same vein I I have a really bad habit of having a massive goal or a really big to-do thing. Like, I'll, I don't know, I'll say that I want to write five blog posts in the next two weeks, which I, for me, I know is unrealistic. I have a full-time job. I'm not going to do that. But I have two different lists on my phone. So one is a to-do today or a to-do tomorrow list. And then the other list is my long-term to-do list. Uh, well no medium term to-do list is probably more that is a good idea because if I put them all on the same list my list never goes down and I feel massively demotivated because that thing that's going to take me potentially months to get done is on the same list as go and pick up groceries this evening and then it never goes off the list or it doesn't go off the list for months so having two separate lists for kind of different term goals was really helpful that is a good tip I like that I think my other one would be, and it kind of links back to what we were saying earlier about setting goals, is taking some time to just think about what I actually want and then working backwards. So I think 
it, it goes back to that thing of making smaller goals, I guess. But like for me personally, I know that if I, I'll come up with a really big idea and I'll get an idea and I'll be like, yes, that's what I want. And you know, there are two pe- there are people who think, do, think, and then do, think, do. And I think I'm probably a bit more of a do, think, doer than a think, do, thinker. <laughs> so I will kind of start something, then reassess and then carry on with it rather than reading all the instructions of the manual. <laughs> work and then reading a bit more yeah and I'm trying very hard to be a little bit more think do think and actually okay I really want to achieve this thing but hey is it actually realistic in the time frame because similarly to what you just said I'll be like okay I'm gonna you know I'm gonna have a multi-million pound business in the next three years no (laughs) just no um but actually it's then going back from there and going okay well what do I need to do in the next kind of what can I do in the next kind of month to get me a little bit closer what can I do in the next three months what can I do in the next six months and that makes me so much more motivated because I can actually I know I'm moving forward to achieve the bigger goal but it's actually realistic because I think having a totally unrealistic goal and there's definitely no problem with dreaming big and setting yourself those goals that kind of scare you but it can be hard to keep yourself motivated for those if they actually seem completely unrealistic. Um, like if I decide I want to be a pop star tomorrow, you've heard me sing, hun. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> that is unrealistic. But it's saying, okay, this might seem a little bit unrealistic now in my circumstances now, but what can I do with the circumstances I have now to make it a little bit more achievable and just allowing yourself to have the time to do it? Yeah, definitely. No, I really agree with that. Long term goals, you've got to have the game plan to fill the time in between because it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's kind of it for this week, though. Yeah. So I think that's probably it for this week's chat. But as ever... We would absolutely love it if you could head over to iTunes if you are listening on an Apple device and give us a five-star rating and leave us a review because it does help other people discover our little podcast. Or you can listen on Acast and Spotify and you can head over to our Facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash 20s are hard for some more info about this week's podcast, the recommendations and some other lovely bits. And of course you can also give us a follow on Instagram which is at 20s are hard. Um, Please do leave us a comment. Um, We'll also be posting the um, and we'll also share all of our recommendations on stories there as well. And of course if you have any recommendations or anything that you do to keep motivated we would love to hear them and you can send us an email which is 20s are hard at gmail.com and anything that we get we'll pop that on the Instagram as well so everyone else can share the tip yes I love that I love sharing different ideas and techniques with other people because I think it's so useful just to have an exchange of ideas and find something new that works for you but we hope you've had a really good couple of weeks we'll speak to you again in another couple of weeks um but in the meantime just stay happy and well and safe and all that jazz and motivated come on and motivated there we go (laughs) speak to you soon bye bye